Yo, 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 it's Brandon Johnson Lee, a.k.a. The Hood Genius, a.k.a. The Badlands Stoop Kid that never been stupid. We coming at you with a new one, rocking, rolling. We out this, John. We got a new special, special guest. I'm going to let you uh introduce yourself uh, to the people. Hey, guys, my name is Leroy. Thanks for having me tonight. No problem, no problem, no problem. I was on his uh, Twitter. I checked his story out a little bit, but I'm going to let him uh, give his life story to y'all so y'all can understand where he coming from and what he got going on with him. Go ahead and uh, let the people know how it go. Hey, well, when I was three months old, my family found out that I had a congenital heart defect mm. named as transposition of the great artery. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately taken to um, go have surgery in 1985. Mm. And I had the surgery successfully, um, except for the fact they interrupted the somatic mode of my heart. Mm. So I needed a pacemaker. Right. And throughout the course of the surgery and three months in intensive care, I had 15 cuts blood transfusion. Wow. Fast forward to 15 years of age, I'm having my third pacemaker implant. It goes great, but I have a bad cough afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't get cleared to go back to school. Oh. So I start going to see a pulmonologist. Mm-hmm. Um, to see what was going on, why I couldn't get rid of his cough. And when I walked in his office, I was four foot tall and 50 pounds. Mm. So he automatically knew there was a Right. And so he started running me through multiple tests and for all kind of different diseases, and they all came back negative. Okay. So he gave up and he sent me to the University of Florida. Mm-hmm which I wasn't very happy about because I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. Understandable. They're sending me to the home of the Gators. <laughs> it's uh, not really a cool thing to me. Right, right. So I was down there for um, endocrinology mm. and I started getting human growth hormone shots. Mm. The stuff all the um, athletes that I for about five, six years ago, Right. I was taken. And it worked really, really well. I gained a foot in height mm-hmm. and over 50 pounds in about 14, 15 months, I guess. Mm. Okay. And my doctor was using my um, case as a um, teaching tool for students. Really? So my medical records were taken into a class. And they block out uh, my name and personal info, and they just show, like, you have a patient that shows up like this, what do you do? Right. And one girl in the class noticed that I had had blood in 1985, and I had never had an HIV test. Wow. So I submitted to the test, and uh, it came back positive, and I was diagnosed with AIDS in 2001. Wow. And I started a uh, treatment and got the virus under control. Mm-hmm. I'm still dealing with the pacemaker and the heart issues uh, every once in a while, a couple of years that comes up. 
Right. Yeah, the model's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but in between then and now, I started, um, I've started chasing my dream okay. dog, which was to become a DJ. Okay, okay. And I ended up getting it, and I've been a successful nightclub DJ for the past nice. uh, 17 years now. Nice, nice. Very nice. So what uh what keeps you like what kept you motivated through that time as you was going through all the testing and not for sure knowing what the doctors could diagnose you with or the possibilities what kept you going through the trials and tribulations to even complete your goals also to chase your dreams. And my headphones. I honestly I would put on my headphones. Plugging my phone and just put on some music. Right. And just drown it all out. Mm. And I would hide from it until I absolutely had to take it. Mm. And I, I built specific playlists for different situations. Right. Like if I knew I was going to have a bad day of the office, I had my music for that. I mean, it was almost like going into a fire fight for me. Right. It was like having to hype myself up, and, you know, listen. And it was, and it was, I mean, it really was a battle mm-hmm. for a couple of years to get my hope back into a stable situation. Right. Mm. So what kind of uh, music did you put on a playlist? Like for me, when I'm in my car, I like to listen to hip hop and rap. When I'm frustrated, sometimes I like to listen to Mozart to calm me down. What type of songs did you put on a playlist to get you through this? Um, there was different stuff. I mean, early, earlier days when I was younger, mm-hmm. it was a lot of uh, Hollow Mud and some just angry rock, mm-hmm. Metallica, just some fire up Okay, stuff. okay. Uh-huh. I feel it. I feel and, it. Now when I know I'm gonna have a bad day, I'm getting really into Eminem's uh, song venom. There's mm. one like if I know I need to like, hype up for something. Right, right. Venom usually gets me kind of in that mindset of going. Right. All right, I was uh, as I was reading your page, I saw something uh, a movement you call end the stigma. What type of uh, stigmas do you deal with after getting your diagnosis and then trying to, I guess, maneuver your life after that? What type of stigmas did you have to deal with, and what type of uh, stigmas do we cast as people on the outside who are, uh, I guess, not educated on? how HIV affects someone when they're diagnosed in a, such a later stage in life? Well, for me, the stigma with me is different than probably 99% of people you will ever meet with HIV mm-hmm. because I got it as a baby right. so young. It physically stopped me from growing. Mm. So I, I kind of I created my own kind of categories, and I call it the Peter Pan syndrome. Right. Hmm. 
and so they uh, won't hold on to those stigmas like what are ways that people could educate themselves so those stigmas can be broken well there's um, I know there's uh, some TV shows currently out that are normalizing HIV and stuff and trying to get people to Chasing the dream and holding on to, well, you you captured the dream, really. How's that working for oh, you? Yeah, like? I mean, I I'm the DJ that I mean, I was known for closing a bar. Mm-hmm. We closed here in Georgia, where I'm at at two a.m. Okay. And I would probably stay in there playing till three to five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just working on different stuff, working on different sets, working on different lighting, working on, you know, just, I'm always coming up with different ideas. Right. And there's certain things that I can't pay out in my home studio that I need to be in the club to completely visualize. Right. 
Well, that's my next question. How did you get uh, started? You talked about how you started in your in your health and your journey. That how did you first start becoming a DJ? Like, what were your pitfalls? We know your triumphs and where you're at now, but what were the pitfalls and what was your beginning? How did you get into DJ and what was like the first song that made you fall in love with becoming a DJ and wanting to be in the club and creating a playlist for the people? It all started with a good friend of mine that I knew me before I got back here to the Well, and I was, she started taking me out when I got about 19 or 20 years old. I wasn't technically old enough to be in the fudge yet. Mm-hmm. And this is when everybody had computers with TV phones. Right. So everybody was making mixed TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, my CDs were making their way into the club, mm. and the DJs didn't know what to play. So as I was going out, okay. I would end up spending more and more time not sitting with my friends, mm. just packing the DJ booth, helping the DJ. Mm. And then it became a conversation of, why don't you just start doing it? And I said, well, if you'll teach me what all those buttons and knobs and everything do, Mm -hmm. I'll help you with music. And this club actually did karaoke, and I was terrified of karaoke (laughs) for years. Uh And one night, I got in there, and I sang what's probably the most embarrassing song I could have put, which was Ice Ice Baby. And it's right when everybody had a camera phone. Right. A quick camera phone that just came out. Right. Well, I did the song, and I ran all through the club, and I had the entire place up and singing and going. Mm. And I didn't think anything about it. Went home. Next week, I'm at home, and my phone rings, and it's a number I don't know, so I answer it. And it's the owner of the club. Mm-hmm. Going, where are you at? Everybody is looking for you. Mm. And I saw this video, and you're hired. Wow. You can back here. Wow. My DJ has been told that he's training you, and you're good. If you're playing this, if you're right, you make it, you set it, you uh-huh. do it how you want. Wow. So it was. You know, I, 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 I was nervous. I was like, baby, for a long time. And then my name changed probably three or four more other times. Mm-hmm. And then I finally, one night, a uh, friend of mine, I just happened to walk in on one of his sets. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, D-Rex. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm keeping that. Put that back together and still get where you need to go. Mm. 
Well, that's going to lead right into my next question perfectly. I seen it said that you're an activist. Talk about uh, your activism, maybe how you're active in your community, what you're doing to help further your cause. Um, I created, well, first I created the Emma Sigma campaign. Mm -hmm. And then I created Underdot. I created Duet's Angels at Work. Right. And they're like a, kind of a street team for me. Like if I'm not available for an event mm -hmm. or something, they can be there to make a present, something mm -hmm. to show support. Right. Can do that kind of thing. Because I go out to see, can do, do my things when I can. Mm -hmm. And the organization has actually done two toy drives past few years mm. and donated over six hundred toys and six thousand dollars mm. to um hospitals right. for pediatric wards for kids because my story starts you know as pediatric and the type pediatric story right. and it really comes down to it. Right. Mm, that's what can we talk about that a little bit? How did your parents uh, cope with that, like raising you and everything? How was their uh, job? How was it on them? I can't really speak for them. I assume it wasn't the easiest. Mm -hmm. I know for me it wasn't the easiest because I wanted to. I grew up, I thought I was an undetermined. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, I was the kid that climbed to the top of the bookshelf and jumped off and mm -hmm. bumped the bruise and cut and skate and fell off bikes and did all the crazy stuff. I never got to playing, like, I never played baseball or any sport or anything major. I think I, I played t ball. Right. I think it was the only sport I ever played as a kid. Mm -hmm. Because I had an infant space maker for years. And that's in, in your stomach. Mm -hmm. So any type of impact with that would have been right. not good. Right. So I wasn't, I spent a lot of time with Nintendo. Okay. Let's see. That's one of my games. What's your uh, favorite yeah, Nintendo uh, game? Yeah, I like um, Death Hunt was really good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that Nintendo has not come out with another Nintendo glove. Mmm. Oh, you talking classics I'm right there. I'm kind of shocked and disappointed that they haven't done that. Especially with all the VR stuff and everything coming out. Mm. I'm a Nintendo Definitely from the Nintendo crew over here, especially with some duck hunt. Especially with some duck hunt. But I ain't mean to uh, cut you off, and I'm gonna get right back into uh, your story. Now, uh, with ooh, okay, with that, how did the business uh, side? work for you as a DJ. You said, you know, you got your first gig, it was vanilla ice, ice ice baby. How is it uh on the business side as a DJ as you trying to be an entrepreneur? Well that was really um that was really hard because I was like I had a 
I had a, I made a lot of friends with a lot of DJs. Okay. So my name was out not only in the club where I was, mm -hmm. it was mentioned in the main DJ arena of the town. Right. And I um, was friends with a lot of waitresses in seven different restaurants. Mm -hmm. So I was the one that would get the call when a bar wanted to do a ladies' night. Oh. Because I was, I always, I go out to eat a lot. Right. And so I, I was able to go out before I would have a doing and say, hey, y'all come out. Mm -hmm. And I could write, write the, you know, a group's name on the list and be like, it was me, they're coming in. Mm -hmm. And I knew they would come late, mm -hmm. but I would pack the club with three to one girls to die. Mm -hmm. And club owners would just be amazed. And there'd be a line of 150, 200 people mm -hmm. down the walkway. Mm -hmm. Because I knew how to do it. I mean, the club game, if you don't market to females, yeah. you're dead. Right. I mean, Big fakes. Big fakes. I mean, as fun as it is to go out and have a guy tonight, I mean, a lot of guys go out to meet girls. Facts. And so you got to, your marketing plan has got to really. Politically, 2020, the election is coming up. I had a couple people on here earlier. They was talking about voting and what to vote for, but a lot of people didn't say specifically who they wanted to vote for. Next year, with what you have on and your activism, your entrepreneurship, politically, who you going with next year? If you can say. I am... I would like to see what Trump can do. Okay. Especially with this, um, the new initiative they just signed and they put out, mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact number, but they put out millions of dollars for the South and Right. And so I would like to see where, where that all goes and how that moves. Mm -hmm. And work together. I don't know. I mean, another candidate coming in. Right. I mean, that money could disappear. Hmm. Very true. Very true. I mean, it's kind. Of, it's kind of the situation of the the devil, you know. Mm. Mm hmm. Alright, so I'm I mean, I've always kind of had to live my life like that with the medical situation. Very true. I prefer the dental I know. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like new doctors. I'm not friendly to, you know, outside doctors and stuff. And I have to explain myself. I'm very particular, like, when I go into operating rooms and mm -hmm. stuff. I know, I, I like things to go
See, I'm a person that likes to take shots at Trump every once in a while, but I do like to hear from people who support him. Are there any stigmas about Trump supporters that you could break? Because we don't hear a lot of good things about him publicly, and then we don't hear a lot of good things about the people that vote for him publicly. Are there any stigmas or uh, any prejudices you had to deal with as being a supporter of uh, the president? Yeah, but I'm racist, I'm ignorant, I'm a supremacist, I'm, I mean, there's, Everything. I mean, a plethora <laughs> right. of things that are said, mm-hmm. and I get a lot of shit because people think I'm voting against myself, essentially, Right. if I vote for him, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's truly not, like, I mean, you don't, Nobody knows what's going to happen. Right. Even with the Democrats. Very true. You know, side of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, any, every single person is a... They take just fall apart. Right. Waiting to explode at any moment. Right. You're taking a chance on anybody. I mean, so they, I mean we're all human. Everybody's fallible. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's hardcore Republicans, there's hardcore Democrats, Thanks. and they don't care, they're going to vote that way regardless. That's true. Thank and that's you. a fact. Mm. But, I mean, I don't see, I don't like being judged. Right. Based off what he does. Right, right. They shouldn't judge your character. And, you know, right. some of his policies, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. A lot of things he has done, I do agree with. Mm, okay, good. And the Downing, I mean, there were millions of dollars that came out for AIDS, for supporting AIDS Foundation right. all across the Southeast just recently. Mm. So I can't totally see Right, that. right. Is he doing yeah, good for your community? Mm, I learned something new myself today. All right, all right. Is there any uh, jewels or anything you want to leave uh, for the people? We're going to start uh, pushing towards the closeout. Or I'm going to definitely leave you the opportunity to promote everything that you have going on. Where can the people follow you? Tell the people your website. Give them a little bit of, uh, more information about uh, your activism. Just where they can follow your activism. How they can maybe help you donate more to the hospitals that you're working with. And uh, drop a little bit more info about you and how people can participate and help your cause. I just want to encourage everybody to keep fighting okay. and keep your head up. Just keep going. Mm. I mean, it's rough. I get it. Every day is rough. Every day is a fight. Mm. Every day is an obstacle. Mm. But just keep your head down and you'll get through it. There will be better days. Right. I mean, there was a moment where I didn't know if tomorrow was even going to happen. But you need to push to make sure it happens. At at a certain point, your back gets up against the wall, Mm. and you either push back or you're just stuck there. And don't get stuck there. And don't ever let a diagnosis 
define you. Mm. Don't ever let it envelop you and become, you know, just a monster that carries you around. Right. I, I mean, I got my dream job after I got the one of the hardest medical diagnoses I could ever imagine. Yeah. It motivated me. Yeah. Take it all as a Peace.